0: While it's often said that Jesus can be seen on every page of the Bible, perhaps the best depiction of Christ is found in a few verses of Colossians chapter 1. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah examines that passage which speaks volumes about the person and work of Jesus. Get ready to see Jesus as perhaps you've never seen Him before, as David introduces his message, The Fullness of Christ. Friends, sometimes uh, when I'm talking to people who are
1: not um, Christian people, but they have an interest in what I believe, uh, they'll ask me about Christ, and I love to tell them that Jesus Christ was God walking around in a body. And that always makes them raise their eyebrows. What does that, God walking around in a body? Well, that's exactly true. Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. He was deity. He was God of God. And at the same time, he was 100% human. He was the Son of God, and he was God the Son. And Paul is helping the Colossian believers understand the priority of Jesus Christ so that they won't be led astray by the Gnostics who have come uh, to try to get them to take another turn in their faith. And oh, what a blessing it is to read this and study it and be reminded of again today. And we need it today more than ever before because there are many false teachers who've gone into the world who are trying to lead people away from the simplicity that is in Christ. So um, for these next two days, today and again on Monday, we're going to talk about the fullness of Christ, and we'll get to it in just a moment. Uh, We have some wonderful resources for the book of Colossians. First of all, the book, Christ Above All, a 288-page hardcover book that has all of the notes and outlines. Uh, from these messages every word and it's in a commentary style you'll love having this book it will take you back to everything we've talked about and give you a permanent record all you have to do is send a gift of any size to turning point during the month of august and ask for your copy whatever it is that god tells you to do you do it and we'll be happy to send the book to you as our way of saying thank you for your investment in getting the word of god out around the world And uh, if you want the other resources, there's a study guide. There's a CD package and a DVD package. You can get those from Turning Point uh, by going to davidjeremiah.org. There you will find all the information you need to order that. And by the way, this is a great book for a Bible study. It's a great book for a a small group. Let everybody know we're going to study the book of Colossians. Then you, as the facilitator, you get the book. You get the CDs or the DVDs and uh, get a copy of the study guide for everybody in your group, and you'll have a wonderful time. You know, we've been doing that with our men at Shadow Mountain. We've been studying like that every time we get together, and it's just amazing to see the hunger that guys have for the Word of God and to come together and study it and I hope you'll give yourself the opportunity to do that with the book of Colossians. All right, let's get started. This is the fullness of Christ. Over 100 years ago, 1893 to be exact, the famous World Columbian Exposition was held in Chicago. And an astronomical number of people, especially in those pre-automobile days, actually came to this convention, some 21 million of them, they visited the exhibits, they hung out in Chicago. And particularly Chicago had risen from the great fire of 1873 and they were showing off their resilience to the rest of the world. And the show was good. Among the features of the Columbian Exposition was the World Parliament of Religions, in which representatives of all the religions of all the world came together and they were going to share all the best points of their religions to see if they could come up with a new religion that would incorporate all the best points of all the religions. D.L. Moody, who was the famed pastor in the city of Chicago at the time and an evangelist, saw this collection of people and religions as a chance for evangelism. He commissioned evangelists from his church and assigned them to preaching posts all over Chicago. He used churches and he rented theaters and he even rented a circus tent to preach the word of God. His friends were upset with him because they wanted him to attack the parliament of religions and their goal to create a new world religion, but he refused and this is what he said, "I am going to make Jesus Christ so attractive that men will turn to him." D.L. Moody knew that preaching Christ, the preeminent peerless, supreme, all-sufficient Christ would do the job. And it did. In fact, if you study the life of the great evangelist and pastor Dale Moody, you will discover that the campaign of 1893 during this particular period of time is considered the greatest evangelistic work in his celebrated life. Thousands of people came to Christ, not because he fought against those who were teaching false doctrine, but because he simply preached Jesus Christ crucified, buried, risen, and coming again. These verses we are about to study in Colossians are the most powerful, reasoned presentation of the preeminence of Jesus Christ you will find in all the Bible. And they reflect in their presentation the same strategy as that of D.O. Moody. Here we will learn about the person of Jesus Christ and discover who he is. Here we will learn not only who he was, his person but we will learn what he did and what he is doing the person of jesus christ is the center of our discussion and it comes in three sections and i'll just lay out the plan for you right up front first of all we're going to see jesus christ in relationship to the father and then we're going to see jesus christ in relationship to creation and then we're going to see jesus christ in relationship to the church and to us. We begin first of all with who he is in relationship to the Father. In Colossians 1, 15, and 19 we read these words, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. It pleased the Father that in Jesus all the fullness should dwell. The Bible consistently refers to God the Father as invisible. The Bible says no man has seen God. In fact, in Hebrews 11:27, we read that by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured seeing him who is invisible. When Paul said that Jesus Christ was the image of the invisible God, he used a little word. The word is icon. An icon was a representation or reproduction with precise likeness derived exactly from the prototype. In other words, the picture here is an image being stamped into a coin, like the image of an emperor, the image of a president, or the image of some famous person. And what Paul is saying is that Jesus Christ is so related to God that he's like the image of God stamped in himself. Paul is telling us this because all throughout Colossae, as this letter is being received, there are people who are diminishing the person of Jesus Christ. Some of the people in Colossae, these false teachers who had wiggled their way into the church, were saying that Jesus was a created being, that he wasn't God at all, that he was way down the line in the emanations that come from God, maybe 10 or 12 on the list. That he wasn't who the people in Colossae believed him to be, that he was not worthy of their trust, and that they should get the higher learning. Listen to the intellectuals, listen to the woke people, and they will tell you who Jesus is. But Paul wants them to know, as he says in Colossians 2 9, that in Jesus dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The word fullness is a word that means full full (laughs) it's a double word it means in jesus christ is the full fullness of all of god someone said in jesus christ is the exhaustion of almighty god there is no part of god men and women that is missing in jesus he is the very god of god he is not almost god he's not a little less than god no no he is the fullness of the god bodily Jesus Christ is God walking around in a body. In other words, we can take the line of Jesus and project those lines into eternity, and that is what God is like. He is like Jesus. What God is, Jesus is. What God does, Jesus does. What God says, Jesus says. There is not one iota of difference between the God who is in heaven and Jesus who is on earth. They are one in the same. Jesus Christ is God. For 33 and one-half years, the Lord Jesus Christ lived on this planet as man inhabited by God. He set before us a flawless, moment-by-moment, audio-visual, full-color presentation. Three-dimensional, if you will of what God is like. If you want to know who God is, you need to learn who Jesus is. On one occasion, Jesus was having a discussion with his disciples. His disciples often would ask him questions. Jesus often answered their questions with questions of his own. I found that's a pretty good thing to do. When they try to put you on the spot by asking you a question, you ask them one in return. That's what happened one day when he was talking with his disciples Philip said to Jesus, will you show us who the Father is? And Jesus said to Philip, Philip, have you been so long with me that you don't know that? Listen, Philip, let me tell you something. He who has seen me has seen the Father. If you want to know who God is, you have to learn who Jesus is because Jesus is God's message to us of himself. Who he is in relationship to the Father, he is the image of the invisible God. Number two, who is Jesus in relation to creation? You say, well, pastor, why is that important in this discussion? Because all of these false believers have said that Jesus was a created being, that he was not really God, that he was less than God. He was good, but he wasn't God. So rather than take them on step by step for what they believed, Paul gives them a little tutorial on creation. Watch this. First of all, Jesus Christ is the firstborn over all creation. Verse 15. The word first has two distinct meanings. Sometimes it means first in time, and sometimes it means first in rank, like the first lady of the land, referring to the wife of the president. The word firstborn here in this text means Jesus Christ is first in rank. Psalm 89, 27 illustrates this. I will make my firstborn the highest of the kings of the earth. Since Jesus Christ existed before creation, he exalted in rank above creation. Paul wanted to convey to us and to the Colossian believers that Christ was not only uncreated, but he himself was the creator. Jesus Christ, who is the visible image of the invisible God, is the firstborn over all creation because he is the creator of all creation. What a shock that must have been to those false teachers. He is the firstborn over all creation, but Paul isn't finished. He's just getting started. He's the creator of all creation. Verse 17, for by him... All things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and all things in him consist. Now, I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but all things is in there a few times. It says that Jesus Christ is the originator of all things. You say, why is all things in there so often? Because what this is talking about is that he is the creator of the universe, and universe isn't a word in the Bible. It's a recent word that's not in the Scripture. Hebrews 1, 2 echoes these words. Listen to this. God has in these last days spoken to us by his Son through whom he made the worlds. Who created the worlds? Jesus Christ. The Apostle John summed it up in his statement. And in his statement, he closed the door to any exceptions to this rule. Here's what he said. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and watch this, and without him nothing was made that was made. So there's not anything that falls out of the circle of the creative power of Jesus Christ. Paul is saying, you guys want to make Jesus Christ a created being? Are you kidding me? He's the creator of everything that ever was. He's the creator of all things. Not only is he the firstborn over all creation and the creator of all creation, verse 16 also says he's the goal of all creation. And this one really stretches your mind. It says all things were created through him and for him. The same thought is found in paul's letter to the romans where he says for of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever and ever everything came from jesus and everything will return to jesus jesus himself said i am the alpha and the omega i am the beginning and the end Who is and who was and who is to come what Jesus said is I am the bookends of everything that is I'm the beginning of it I'm the ending of it I started it I will finish it Jesus is all in all he is everything that is Paul's statement not only that but he's the predecessor of all creation that means he was here before there was anything verse 17 says he is before all things one day Jesus was having a discussion with a bunch of Jews about their favorite discussion point, Abraham. Oh, how the Jews loved Abraham. They loved Abraham and Moses. You could sit down and talk with the Jewish people for hours about either one, and it's some discussion about who was more important to the Jewish people, Abraham or Moses, but they loved them both. They were having this discussion about Abraham and his history and how he affected everything, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Jesus came up with this. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, Before Abraham was, I am. When Jesus said this, he stunned his listeners. I mean, how could Jesus, who was in his 30s, be older than ancient Abraham who'd been dead for centuries? Jesus was saying that before he was born in Bethlehem, he eternally existed. He was claiming to be the eternal I am one of the most poignant biblical statements you will find in the bible concerning the pre-existence of jesus christ is in that great high priestly prayer found in john 17 where jesus is praying listen to his words as he prays to his father just before he ends up going to the cross he says father i have finished the work which you have given me to do and now O father glorify me together with yourself with the glory which i had with you before the world was. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. In other words, Jesus Christ predates the world. He is before anything. John 8, 58 says before abraham was i am jesus christ isn't i was he's not i will be he is i am the perpetual forever eternal son of god what a picture paul is painting in his letter to the colossians to help them not worry about all the false teaching but get focused on who jesus is let me just tell you something i've learned if you stay focused on jesus it'll keep you out of a lot of trouble. You won't get caught up in a lot of stuff that people get caught up in, just stay focused on Jesus. Not only is he the firstborn of all creation, not only is he the creator of all creation, the goal of all creation, the predecessor of all creation, he's the sustainer of all creation. Verse 17 says, in him all things consist. What does that mean? It means Jesus Christ is the glue that holds the universe together. If for one moment he would remove his hand from this universe, it would fly out into oblivion. He is the glue that holds us together. He is the consistency of creation. He is the one who is at the center of it all. Jesus Christ sustains the universe, maintaining the power and the balance necessary to life's existence and continuity. He is the creator. Nothing is impossible with God. This is finger play for him. I mean, the Bible says in Genesis, in the beginning, God, what did he do? He created the heavens and the earth. Now, what do you think that means? It means God created the heavens and the earth. And today, scientists want to fight over that. When I first came here back in 1981, one of my first surprises was, over in the ad building, there, there were a bunch of offices and they showed me where my office was up in the corner, and they gave me a little tour, and we were walking down the hall and they said, this is the office of Wendell Bird. he's our attorney. I said, we have a lawyer who has an office in the church building? Yeah, okay, well, you'll understand why when we tell you. He said, he's here because ICR, the Institute of Creation Research, is also here. And they're constantly being sued by people all over the world, all over the country for their belief in creation. So we have our own attorney right here. For years and years, Dr. Henry Morris, Dr. Dwayne Gish came to this church. They were the greatest creationists on earth. They were a member of this church. Somebody asked me, when are you gonna preach on the first chapters of Genesis? I said, I'm never gonna preach on it as long as those guys are sitting out here. No, no, I'm not gonna do that. These creationists who believe what the Bible says about how we got here and what happened when the flood came, all of that, these creations are under fire all of the time because of their belief. And we stand with them in this church because we're creationists too. And if you come to our school, you won't hear that we evolved from a monkey. You will hear that Jesus Christ was the creator of the universe. Robert Jastrow admits to being an agnostic in religious matters. He wrote a book called God and the Astronomers. In this book, he tries to help us understand why modern scientists are so opposed to any kind of creationism. And here's what he wrote. Why this strange reaction to the part of many scientists? I think part of the answer is that scientists cannot bear the thought of a natural phenomenon which cannot be explained even with unlimited time and money. For the scientist who has lived his faith in the power of reason, the story ends like a bad dream. He has scaled the mountains of ignorance. He's about to conquer the highest peak. As he pulls himself over the final rock, he is greeted by a band of theologians who've been sitting there for centuries. Yes, because we believe in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So he's the firstborn over all creation. He's the creator of all creation. He's the goal of all creation. He's the predecessor of all creation. He's the sustainer of all creation. And finally, he's the reconciler of all creation. How many of you know that in our world today, something's out of sync? (laughs) Can I get a witness? (laughs) Something's out of sync. Something's out of sync in your world and in my world. What is it? Well, it's so complicated I wouldn't even know how to describe it. We know what's going on in the world right now is not the way it's supposed to be. And we wonder, will it ever be right? And I want to tell you that it will. The Bible says one day what Jesus did on the cross will be realized in the reconciliation of the world. The Bible says that we groan toward the redemption. In other words, we long for that moment when all things will be made right. And one day that's going to happen because Jesus Christ reconciles us. You know, our personal reconciliation with God took everything God had. He gave his best. He gave Jesus Christ. Why? Because God and us, we were at war. The Bible says God is holy, and how many of you know we're not? (laughs) And there had to be some way for reconciliation to take place from Almighty God to sinful man. And the only way that could happen is if God could bridge the gap between us, and so he sent his own son, who was fully God and fully man, who died on the cross, and in the greatest picture of reconciliation you ever see, he has his hand stretched out, but the center pole goes from heaven to earth. Jesus Christ is reconciling us to God. Our sin separated us from him, but because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, we can be at peace with God. Let me tell you something. God didn't change. We did. God didn't change so he could… Reconcile with us. We changed through the blood of Jesus Christ to reconcile with God because of sin creation is out of sync But because of Jesus one day all creation will be reconciled Amen. Amen Well friends, we're talking about the book of Colossians. We're studying it together. This is the first chapter And uh, we end this week together on a good note, the fullness of Christ. We'll have more about that on Monday. We still have some more to talk about from verses 15 through 23 of the first chapter. And then next week, we're going to talk about authentic Christian ministry. And uh, I hope you'll be with us then as we continue our journey through this incredible letter from Paul to the Colossian church. As we get ready for the weekend, I hope you will find your way to church uh, this Lord's Day. I read an article this week in Outreach Magazine that said 20% of the people that went to church before COVID are still not back, and many of them are not coming back. What a discouraging note that was. Friends, you, you can't replicate the church at home. The church is a gathering of God's people, and you need to be in church. I hope we get there Sunday. And we'll see you right
0: here on Monday. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, Christ Above All, please visit our website. There you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected. Our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call us at 800-946-4300. When you do, be sure to ask for your copy of David's new book, Christ Above All, a verse-by-verse study in Colossians to help you truly know who Jesus is. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James Versions with notes and articles from Dr. Jeremiah's decades of study. Get the details when you visit our website, DavidJeremiah.ca/radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us Monday as we continue the series, Christ Above All, here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Take the young ones in your life on an unforgettable journey that will get them excited about the Word of God with the Airship Genesis Kids Study Bible. Then continue the adventure with monthly audio adventures on airshipgenesis.com. Plus, download the Airship Genesis mobile game, where kids will travel back in time to the life of Jesus. Blast off with the young one in your life at airshipgenesis.com. If you want to learn more about the person of Jesus Christ, the book of Colossians offers an unrivaled portrayal of our Savior. And to help you understand this important book in a deeper way, Dr. David Jeremiah has created a verse-by-verse study called Christ Above All. This helpful book and album are yours when you donate $60 to Turning Point. And with an $80 gift, you'll also receive the written word journal. Learn more at davidjeremiah.ca. If you've enjoyed today's program with Dr. David Jeremiah, you might be interested in hearing it again at your convenience. Stay connected to Turning Point by visiting our website at davidjeremiah.ca or by downloading our free Canadian mobile app. The app can be found by searching for Turning Point Canada on your smart device app store. Create an account and order digital resources from today's program with easy one-click checkout at davidjeremiah.ca.
1: Michael Faraday was a prominent English scientist of the 19th century, recognized for discoveries leading to the widespread use of electricity. When he was dying, he was asked by a journalist to speculate about life after death. Faraday replied, Speculations? I know nothing about speculations. I'm resting on certainties. I know that my Redeemer liveth, and because He lives, I shall live also. Men of science use the word certainty very carefully. So hearing a brilliant scientist like Faraday express certainty about his life after death deserves our attention. Do you have that same certainty? You can find it where Faraday found it, in God's Word. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's certain promises on Route 66.
0: Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.